will worship the Lord in the beauty of holiness. Let the whole earth stand in awe of him. Let us humbly confess our sins unto Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from thy ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against thy holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done, and there is no health in us. But thou, O Lord, have mercy upon us, miserable offenders. Spare thou those, O God, who confess their faults. Restore thou those who are penitent, according to thy promises declared unto mankind in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant a most merciful Father for his sake, that we may hereafter live a godly, righteous, and sober life. To the glory of thy holy name. Amen. The Almighty and merciful Lord grant you absolution and remission of all your sins, true repentance, amendment of life, and the grace and consolation of his Holy Spirit. Amen. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, thy will be done, on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. O Lord, open thou our lips. And our mouth shall show forth thy praise. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Praise ye the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. Psalm 34, on page 380. I will always give thanks unto the Lord. His praise shall ever be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. O praise the Lord with me, and let us magnify his name together. I sought the Lord, and he heard me. Yea, he delivered me out of all my fear. They had an eye unto him, and were lightened, and their faces were not ashamed. Lo, the poor crieth, and the Lord heareth him, yea, and saveth him out of all his troubles. The angel of the Lord tarrieth round about them that fear him, and delivereth them. O oh, taste and see how gracious the Lord is. Blessed is the man that trusteth in him. O oh, fear the Lord, ye that are his saints. For they that fear him lack nothing. The lions do lack and suffer hunger, but they who seek the Lord shall want no manner of thing that is good. Come, ye children, and hearken unto me. I will teach you the fear of the Lord. What, what man is he that lusteth to, to live, and would fain see good days? Keep thy tongue from evil, and thy lips that they speak no guile. Eschew evil and do good, seek peace and ensue it. The eyes of the Lord are over the righteous, and his ears are open unto their prayers. The countenance of the Lord is against them that do evil, to root out the remembrance of them from the earth. The righteous cry, and the Lord heareth them, and delivereth them out of all their troubles. 
The Lord is nigh unto them that are of a contrite heart, and will save such as be of an humble spirit. Great are the troubles of the righteous, but the Lord delivereth him out of all. Keepeth all his bones, so that not one of them is broken. But misfortune shall slay the ungodly, and they that hate the righteous shall be desolate. The Lord delivereth the souls of his servants, and all they that put their trust in him shall not be destitute. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost. As it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. It begins the eighth verse of the sixth chapter of the second book of Kings. Now the king of Syria was making war against Israel, and he consulted with his servants, saying, My camp will be in such and such a place. And the man of God sent to the king of Israel, saying, Beware that you do not pass this place, for the Syrians are coming down there. Then the king of Israel sent someone to the place of which the man of God had told him. Thus he warned him, and he was watchful there, not just once or twice. Therefore the heart of the king of Syria was greatly troubled by this thing, and he called his servants and said to them, Will you not show me which of us is for the king of Israel? One of his servants said, None, my lord, O king, but Elisha the prophet who is in Israel tells the king of Israel the words that you speak in your bedroom. So he said, Go and see where he is, that I may send and get him. And it was told him, saying, Surely he is in Dothan. Therefore he sent horses and chariots and a great army there, and they came by night and surrounded the city. When the servant of the man of God arose early and went out, there was an army surrounding the city with horses and chariots. And his servant said to him, Alas, my master, what shall we do? So he answered and said, Do not fear, for those who are with us are more than those who are with them. And Elisha prayed and said, Lord, I pray, open his eyes that he may see. Then the Lord opened the eyes of the young man, and he saw. And behold, the mountain was full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. Here ends the first lesson. My soul doth magnify the Lord, and my spirit hath rejoiced in God my Savior. For he hath regarded the lowliness of his handmaiden. For behold, from henceforth all generations shall call me, and holy is his name. And his mercy is on them that fear him throughout all generations. He hath showed strength with his arm. He hath scattered the proud in the imagination of their hearts. He hath put down the mighty from their seat, and hath exalted the humble and meek. He hath filled the hungry with good things, and the rich he hath sent empty away. He, remembering his mercy, hath opened his servant Israel, as he promised to our forefathers, Abraham and his seed forever. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. Begins the twelfth verse of the book of Acts, twelfth chapter of the book of Acts. Now about that time, Herod the king stretched out his hand to harass some from the church, then he killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And because he saw that it pleased the Jews, he proceeded further to seize Peter also. Now it was during the days of unleavened bread. So when he had arrested him, he put him in prison and delivered him to four squads of soldiers to keep him, intending to bring him before the people after Passover. 
Peter was therefore kept in prison, but constant prayer was offered to God for him by the church. And when Herod was about to bring him out, that night Peter was sleeping, bound with two chains between two soldiers, and the guards before the door were keeping the prison. Now behold, an angel of the Lord stood by him, and a light shone in the prison, and he struck Peter on the side and raised him up, saying, Arise, quickly, and his chains fell off his hands. Then the angel said to him, Gird yourself and tie on your sandals, and so he did. And he said to him, Put on your garment and follow me. So he went out and followed him, and did not know that what was done by the angel was real, but thought he was seeing a vision. When they were past the first and the second guard posts, they came to the iron gate that leads to the city, which opened to them of its own accord, and they went out and went down one street, and immediately the angel departed from him. And when Peter had come to himself, he said, Now I know for certain that the Lord has sent his angel, and has delivered me from the hand of Herod, and from all the expectation of the Jewish people. Here ends the second lesson. Lord, now lettest thou thy servant depart in peace, according to thy word. For mine eyes have seen thy salvation, which thou hast prepared before the face of all people, to be a light to lighten the Gentiles, and to be the glory of thy people Israel. Glory be to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Ghost, as it was in the beginning, is now, and ever shall be, world without end. Amen. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, maker of heaven and earth, and in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Ghost, born Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, dead, and buried. He descended into hell. The third day he rose again from the dead. He ascended into heaven, and sitteth on the right hand of God the Father Almighty. From thence he shall come to judge the quick and the dead. I believe in the Holy Ghost, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. With thy spirit. Let us pray. O Lord, show thy mercy upon us. And grant us thy salvation. O Lord, save the state. And mercifully hear us when we call upon thee. And do thy ministers with righteousness. Make thy chosen people joyful. O Lord, save thy people. And bless thine inheritance. Give peace in our time, O Lord. For it is thou, Lord, only that makest us dwell in safety. O God, may clean our hearts within us. Take not thy Holy Spirit from us. O everlasting God, who hast ordained and constituted the services of angels and men in a wonderful order, mercifully grant that, as thy holy angels always do thee service in heaven, so by thy appointment they may succor and defend us on earth, through Jesus Christ our Lord. O God, from whom all holy desires, all good counsels, and all just works do proceed, give unto thy servants that peace which the world cannot give, that our hearts may be set to obey thy commandments, and also that by thee, we being defended from the fear of our enemies, may pass our time in rest and quietness through the merits of Jesus Christ our Savior. Amen. Light in our darkness, we beseech thee, O Lord. 
and by thy great mercy defend us from all perils and dangers of this night. For the love of thy only Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Good evening to all. Happy St. Michael's Day. Today we are observing the uh, feast day where we remember uh, St. Michael, um, which uh, sometimes it creates a little bit confusion when we think of, you know, saints as being humans and angels being angels and they being of two different species. And how can these things kind of be called one or one or the other is, is you know, is Michael not, uh, you know, fully angelic or it's really just kind of a, a translation ambiguity. You know, when we, we think of, you know, uh, in most languages, uh, the word for holy and the word for saint are the same word. We have two different words for it in English. We call, you know, people like as a title, saint, right? Like it's an honorific. Um, and in most languages, it just means holy. So when we think of saint whoever in Spanish, it's Santa Maria or, you know, or, or Santa Monica. It's, and that just also is the adjective for holy. In Greek, it's agios or agia. Uh, and that's saint, but also the holy, you know, the holy one, you know, this person. Uh, and so that's that's why we we you know put we attribute that title there because we we honor you know the role that the holy angels who obey God always have played in the plan of salvation and the history of salvation um, and how they mediate um, the goodwill of God to us and are instrumental in God's plan to redeem us um, and the lessons we have um, on hand for tonight. In order to take a look at them, it helps us to look back to Psalm 34. And, and critically, there's the, the passage that the angel of the Lord tarrieth around about those who fear him. And that's kind of the, the springboard for our meditation tonight. Um, you know, we, we as for as much as we consider angels in the Bible there, you know, we have to realize that, you know, you know, the, the, the proportion of verses that tell us about the angels compared to verses that tell us about anything else is, startlingly small and that makes uh, pretty much everything we would put into an, what we might call an angelology um, speculative theology at the best um, but there you know there are some trends in the scriptures that are worth noting um, one is that in the Old Testament um, you know you have this is again before the incarnation of God before the incarnation of the Son of God you have this figure that appears called the angel of the Lord and you know many commentators look to it as as a maybe a kind of the pre-incarnate, um, you know, uh, Christ um, that, you know, before he um, became, you know, assumed humanity in the womb of the Virgin Mary, um, that God communicated himself in a in a you know personal way to people, but not being incarnate yet. There was a, a, a spiritual quality to this. Um, and as a result, an you know, a, a disembodied quality to this, we'll say. Um, and as a result of that, you know, there's this there's this phrase, the angel of the Lord um, that gets used about. And it's it's as though God himself were there. It is a kind of apparition of God, a manifestation of God. Um, and this is, you know, this but there's also, you know, use of different angelic creatures. And uh, we hear names, you know, in the Old Testament, like cherubim and seraphim and angels doing things. Um, and the the significance of that for us is that you know you know we it really reveals to us how impoverished our view of the cosmos is it tends to be as modern people you know as uh, you know the tangible um, biodiversity of the world where we're you know we i would say we're even begrudgingly willing to admit 
Um, you know, we, we there there were stories at one point of you know certain kinds of creatures looming in the ocean, and everyone's like, ah, that's a myth. And then all of a sudden, wow, it washes up on shore, and now we know that there's a new kind of species out there. And it's it's worth noting that for the ancients and the medievals, and really until very recently in human history. Um, most people, and particularly Jews and Christians, assumed that there was about as much biodiversity uh, in the things we might say are above us in the air as there were things below us in the earth and sea. Uh, that's kind of a fun way of uh, uh, kind of course correct to how we think of things. We usually think of there's us and then a bunch of vacuum and an empty space. And then there's God surrounded by some, you know, some friends who who serve him closely. Um, and there's, it might be that the chasm that we assume there is not so much to the chasm. And so it's worthy, worthy of thought. But the, the angelic beings in the Bible, our understanding of them shift radically after the um, incarnation of Christ. Because before that, there's really a kind of ambiguity as to whether or not we're seeing God who's manifesting himself or some other creature that God has sent. Um, and so you'll get a little bit of um, slipperiness in the language in the Old Testament that, that in the New Testament becomes kind of startlingly concrete. You have Jesus, who is God incarnate, and then you have, um, so when an angel visits Peter, um, there's not really any, you know, suggestion that this is a kind of pre-incarnate God. He knows the face of Jesus Christ, and he and he's, he's, he does not say, oh, this is the Lord, come here. He says, this servant of the Lord has come to me to, 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 to deliver me here. Um, and as we see in the lesson from Second Kings here, um, the angels of the Lord have very, you know, diverse functions, but but mainly they they serve. Um, they always. It's important for us to remember they always serve the revealed testimony of God through His scriptures, through His prophets, and through His apostles. That when we see angelic, the angelic attendance to salvation history, whether it's in the old covenant or the new covenant, um, that the angels are always to be found aiding and abetting. Um, those revealed things that God has put in. So they're, they attend those who are faithful to Torah as the, as the, um, as the script, as the uh, Psalm tells us tonight, Psalm 34, that those who fear him, those who walk in his ways, and by this ways, it just means that his law, his, the, the revealed law to, in the covenant, um, those who are, who walk in that are attended by the servants of God both the tangible servants of God and the intangible servants of God. Um, we're not really told much more than that, except that they're, they're on our side and, they're, and they attend those who are already themselves attending to the Lord. Um, and then we see that again in the prophets, where we have Elisha, the prophet, who is being attended to, protected by, and who the angels are aiding his mission to, to settle the idolatry of the northern kingdom of Israel. Um, and as they're doing that, um, the angels are there to serve an instrumental role in that. And then in the uh, lesson from Acts here tonight, we have um, the angels uh, reprising their role of uh, pulling one over a, uh, a descendant of Herod the Great. Uh, we'll recall from Matthew chapter 2 that an angel of the Lord visits Joseph in the night and warns him that Herod is seeking the life of the Christ child and leads them to go out a, a hidden way to the land of Egypt. And here we have Agri Herod Agrippa, who is Herod's son, who's trying to put Peter to death to gain public appeal. And an angel of the Lord comes and wakes Peter up in the middle of the night. He's like, hey, we're getting out of here um, and, and, and leads him that way. But the angels, you know, the angels are not sort of magical beings that we invoke, as is sometimes in the superstition of our present moment, thought that think, thinks of them to be. 
because uh, we'll remember, too, in the lesson from Acts that Peter was told by the Lord, um, you know, he was he, he, Peter was told by the Lord in John chapter 20 on the seaside of Galilee that, you know, Peter at the end, you know, you will go in a way you do not want to go and someone else will, you know, will dress you and someone else will, uh, you know, will will, will will lead you in a way that you, you don't want, indicating, you know, that he would die for the name of Jesus. And so when when the angel kind of taps Peter awake and Peter's laying in his dungeon thinking like this is it, right? They've killed James, you know, and I'm next. And then there's this moment where the angel taps him and just kind of looks at Peter and Peter looks at him and he says, get yourself dressed, you know, and it's that it's an indication, a kind of, you know, inside joke, we might even say that that this is not that time. And Peter is, you know, being delivered. He's not being, you know, he's not going to meet his end here. And so, again, that echoes the words of Jesus. It, it again, draws from the words of Christ himself. It aids the, ap the apostolic church and the apostles mission. And again, this is this is the role of the angels. Um, they are they are always in service to God. And as a result, they are always uh, at the side by side as brothers to those who also are in the service of God. And so as a result of that, um, you know, we give honor to the angels as as those who set, you know, who, who serve God and who, who serve us and are serving us in ways that we we probably will, will not know until all things are revealed. Um, but like as the psalm reminds us that we have we 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 have a witnessed life. Um, our lives are not unwitnessed. And, you know, God has um, all kinds of servants that are bearing witness to our lives and he himself bears witness to our lives. And so as we return in prayer, we're united again back into this tapestry, this maybe constellation of loving relationships that is all working for our good and working to bring us to everlasting life. So we give thanks for that tonight. We'll close our prayer tonight with the intercession on page 590. Accept, O Lord, our intercessions for all mankind. Let the light of thy gospel shine upon all nations, and may as many as have received it live as becomes it. Be gracious unto thy church, and grant that every member of the same in his vocation and ministry may serve thee faithfully. Bless all in authority over us, and so rule their hearts and strengthen their hands, that they may punish wickedness and vice, and maintain thy true religion and virtue. Send down thy blessings, temporal and spiritual, upon all our relations, friends, and neighbors. Reward all who have done us good, and pardon all those who have done or wish us evil, and give them repentance and better minds. Be merciful to all who are in any trouble. Do thou the God of pity, administer to them according to their several necessities. For his sake who went about doing good, thy Son, our Savior, Jesus Christ. Amen. Grace of our Lord Jesus Christ and the love of God and the fellowship of the Holy Ghost be with us all evermore. Amen. Thank you all so much for joining in tonight. And thanks to Aaliyah, my co-leader. Hope you have a wonderful day. Thank you, Father Hayden. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Good night, everybody. Good night.